our, message, our uh, mission at Faith Go Church is love God, connect with others, and reach the world. We say that with me? Love God, connect with others, reach the world. That's, that's what we're about. That's, we, we are a, a mission-minded church that leads people to love God, connect with others, and reach the world. Real quickly, before I get started, I want to talk to you about that connect with others part. I don't have a lot of time. But um, one of the things that we do at Faith Coach Church is um, we are involved in connect groups. Everybody say connect groups. That's, that's something that we do, and this is December is when is, is the end of the fall semester for connect groups. And and, and uh, this is, you know, I'm kind of like talking to our family today. But our group, our groups travel or our groups have or operate in semesters. They begin in the fall. They end at the end of December. They, they begin in summer. They, they end at the end of summer. So we got three semesters. We got the fall semester. We've got summer. We've got uh, a spring semester and we've got winter. So right now, all of our groups, the semester is ending, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that you got to dissolve your group because a lot of the groups will go ahead. A lot of the groups will go ahead and, I'm easily distracted. A lot of groups will go ahead and, and, and continue. So they will regroup and, and do whatever. But let me tell you real quickly why we do this semester thing, okay? First of all, because uh, we, people want to be a part of groups, and it gives people an opportunity to enter into groups, okay? Second thing, it's, it gives people an opportunity to exit groups because there are some people that are part of groups that want to be in a different group, not because they don't like you or don't like your group. It's because that our connect groups took the place of Sunday school, which is a discipleship thing. So what happens is, let's say that you, you have somebody, or let's just talk about you. You're involved in a group that's a traditional group where people are, uh, where people just come and it's families and it's, it's kind of a deal like that. And you, you do the, the curriculum or you do the family thing that we do. Okay, but you want to get out of that group because you want to go into a group that's focused on Dave Ramsey's financial peace. So you want to go through that through a semester. Or next semester, you want to be a part of a group that's focused on, on marriage. You want a strength-based or a strength-based group you want to grow in that discipleship or you want to grow in prayer the idea is we're not where we want to be in all this but the idea is that these are discipleship kinds of things a group that I was a part of last summer we just got together talked for about 15 minutes and rode Harleys and went and ate so but that group ended at you know at the end of summer so that's the idea that we we grow in in the area of semesters so uh, we're going to restart the semester the third week in January so I want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a group, get to be a part of a group. Second thing, maybe you want to start a group. Go through our Connect Group leadership training. Maybe you, you, you like having people around. You like bringing people into your home or whatever. We've actually got a Connect Group called Game Night where they get together and they, they play board games. That may not work for you. I don't know if I would be a part of that group, but I think it's kind of cool that, that people, you know, they, it's basically what you do. It could be a hobby or an interest that you involve groups or you, you bring groups around it. So anyway, I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but you get the gist of what we're trying to do with semesters. Oh, the last reason that, we do in, that, that we're working in semesters, and this is important too, is to give leaders a break from leading. We've got people that have been leading groups for more than five years. We've got people that have been leading groups for eight years, 
And this system works in such a way where after you have led a group for two semesters, we want you to take a break. We're going we're to put some pressure on you to take a break because leaders need a break. And in order for that to happen, we need to form new groups. So that's the idea of connect groups. There's a whole lot to be said. Uh, be a part of a group. Go through leadership group training and also uh, connect group training and also start your own group. You're probably doing it anyway. You just don't know it. So, okay. Well, as I was reviewing last year and I was taking a look this past week, uh, I've got a brand new series that I'm going to kick off in January, but I, I had this one week that I wanted to talk to you about. And as I was reviewing last week, I, I kind of evaluated last year. And one thing that I noticed is there was a few areas in my life that I'm not doing as well as I'd like to be. And what I thought to myself was, you know what? I could use a win in that area. I really feel like I'm, you know, there are some areas that I feel like I'm doing a lot better. I'm win, But there's a couple areas that I feel like, you know what? I'm losing in that area. I could use a win. As you look back on 2018, can you, can you sense that in your life? You know what? I could use a win in a certain area of my life. If that be the case, I believe that this message could be for you. You know, winning is a part of our DNA. It's what we're called to do. God has called us to win. It's a part of, of who we are. Today, I want to talk to you about the process of winning. It may not be what you think, but I think it'll be exactly what we need. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing us here today. I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that you'll bring change and individually minister to every person here as we answer your call, Lord, as we honor you, as we lean in and learn of your word in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at the persons next to you and say, I could sure use a win. In fact, I've named this message, Win on Three. Win on Three, because there's three things that I believe are a great formula for bringing wins in our lives. Number one is if you're going to win in this coming year, you've got some areas that you're working on. Number one is you've got to define your win. Define your win. Now, when I say, hey, win, you, you're, there's all different ways that you can win. So we're going to define our win. Now, how do we do that? Well, to do that, I just want to throw up a few examples, and I want to show you probably some ways that you know how to win, all right? So let's talk about this. What does a win look like? How do you win? How do you win? It's not a trick question. I know that I trick you sometimes. Yeah, you hit the center, whatever. It could, whatever it is, how do you win? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you put the ball in the hole. Simple, all right? How do you win? You got to knock that guy out. It's, it's easy to define these wins in life, right? You, 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 uh, you, you beat your opponent. All right, next one. How do you win? It's easy. You trip the guy running next to you. I mean, you outrun the guy next to you, okay? All right? How do you win? Nobody knows or cares. Because of this sport, we can all be in the Olympics in three years. All right? But what, what about life? What if I were to say, okay, everybody, win on three. What, how do you win in life? There's so many different ways to win in life. So we have to figure out what a win looks like. And win isn't everything for everybody. There are different ways to win in, in various areas of our life. So what does a win look like? Well, at, at Faith Co. Church, 
we have a few wins. And I'm giving you our wins so you'll have an example for what it may look like in your life. For example, a win for our church is a baptism. We have a baptism service about once every quarter, and usually maybe 7 to 12 people get baptized. That is a big win for us. We, 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 you know, we, we t- let people take pictures with baptism signs. It's a win. Now, people give their life to Christ. That's a win. But it's a bigger thing for us when somebody gets baptized because a lot of times when people give their life to Christ, we may not see them. Maybe they're passing through. But when somebody goes into water and gets, goes down and gets dumped in front of everybody, they really mean it. That's what we found out. And I think that that's one of the purposes of why Jesus told us to be baptized. Another win is when somebody goes through the growth track. The growth track is when people learn you know, what, what God has called them to do. Not only just how to be connected to the church, but what their purpose is in life, what God has called them to do. That's a big deal when somebody goes through growth track. Another win, when somebody serves. When somebody says, you know, goes from, okay, sitting in, in the chairs to, hey, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start serving God with my life through the church. We know when that happens. We count those. We count people who serve. We ask that every single Monday. Did you get any new dream team people on your team? That's very important to us. When somebody gives for the first time, that's a win. It's a big thing. Think about when you first give your life to Christ. And then you hear in church at the end of worship, they receive an offering. What's this about? I don't know. Okay, now we start giving our our money. That's a big, big deal. In fact, statistics tell us that it takes a person about three years to cross that line. It is, a, it is a process, and we don't rush anybody. We don't put pressure. You know how we do that, but it's a big deal. It's, I mean, we know when that happens. I get a report on first-time givers because I know that, that, really, that, 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 that it really takes somebody. God really has to get a hold of somebody's heart in order for a person to take that step. When a person joins a connect group, that's a big deal. That's a win. That's telling us that somebody took a step to get closer to God. 1 John 5 and 14. Because the scripture talks to us about what win looks like. In fact, it talks about the ultimate win. And I believe John defines that. True winning in 1 John 5 and 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says this. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Don't forget that term overcomes the world. I'm going to come back to it. And this is the victory. Or this is the win that has overcome the world, and what is it? It's our faith. He's saying, he's saying, this is the win. Not everybody gets it. But overcoming the world, it comes through faith. Faith is what brings win in our life. And then he goes on to say this. He says, he asks the question, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? He asks a rhetorical question there. Now, there's certain words in there. Overcome means to prevail, to conquer. He talks about overcoming the world. And he says this, who is it that overcomes the world? In fact, who walks in victory except for him that believes in the Lord Jesus? In other words, there is no other win, he's saying, unless it is according to your faith. There are other ways to win in life, but really true winning comes through your faith in Christ. Another thing that he talks about. He's saying that it's important that we overcome the world. Now, I want you to think about that phrase, overcoming the world. Why would anybody need to overcome the world? What is it to overcome the world, and why would anybody need to overcome the world? Well, the world is a dark, depraved place. 
I know not always, and we don't, we don't look at the world from a negative point of view, but for the most part, if you're not careful, the world is a depraved place. The world is filled with depression. The world is filled with oppression. The world is filled with sickness, disease, diabolical sin, and temptation. The world can drag you down. All you have to do is get off, get off track. You can fall into one of these habits, one of these sins. You can fall into addiction. You can fall into things that will destroy your life. We have to overcome the world. And how we overcome the world is through our faith in Jesus. John says winning starts with faith in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 it says, But thanks be to God who gives us a win. Faith in Christ who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, anytime he, he says brothers, anytime he says beloved, he's talking to the church. He says, when it comes to your walk with God, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Life itself can feel like labor. It can feel tough. It can feel like work. You Have you, have you ever felt like that, that it was that, that it was in vain, that your labor was in vain? Have you ever felt like being a mother was in vain or being a father was in vain or, or doing the best that you can, doing what you felt like God had called you to do, but you felt like your labor was in vain? Just know this. The scripture says, no matter how long it takes, no matter how long you've done it, don't give up because your labor is not in vain. And he goes on to say this. If you want victory... You've got to overcome the world. Here's the deal. What you've got to do is you've got to dedicate your job. You've got to dedicate your marriage. You've got to de dedicate your parenting. You've got to dedicate it to being Christ-like. Amen? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So number one is you've got to, to define the win. What does that win look like for your life? Number two, you've got to think win. You've got to think like a winner. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Part of being new or made new in Christ is changing the way that you think. Because the world has different customs. The world has a, definition, a different definition of winning. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Once again, this world defines winning differently. Now, you can win in the world and lose spiritually. Now, you can have both. You can win according to the world and you can win spiritually. But the world does not define winning as winning spiritually and winning tr traditionally. It's a different thing. The world has a different definition of winning. We have to pay attention. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, what good does it do if you gain or if you win the whole world, but you lose your own soul? You've lost everything. So the Bible says here, the scripture says here, that don't follow the customs, but renew your mind. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, it talk, this goes more about with following the customs of the world or other people. Look at this. It says, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. It's talking about if you want to win, consider who you're running with. You believe that? If you want to win, get with people who know how to win. Right? If you want to win, it matters who you run with. Some people are good people, but they don't know how to win. Some people are good people 
well-meaning people but don't, don't know how to win spiritually. They, might not, they may, may know how to win in other areas, but do they know how to win spiritually? I heard somebody say this, that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So who we run with is who we become like. We have to consider that. And let me tell you something. If you get one thing out of this message, I would tell you this. If you don't know how to win, get with people who know how to win. Amen? I'll explain that. I'll talk more about that in just a second. Right now, it's football season is into the playoffs. Had trouble sleeping last night. Had trouble eating this morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what I was thinking about most is, as I was doing this message, I was thinking about the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if you pay attention to the NFL team, the Cleveland Browns. But at the first of the season, at the beginning of the season, they were on a 16-game losing streak. And they didn't win one game last year. Not one game did they win last year. So they started off the season like that, and uh, which really doesn't make sense. It's multi-million dollar. I don't know. I think an NFL football team is like worth a billion dollars. They're worth a lot of money. And then they get first-round draft picks because they lose, continue to lose. It doesn't make sense. You line them up player for player, they're as talented as just about any other team in the NFL. It doesn't make sense. So why would a team like this, why would they continue to lose? I mean, this perpetual losing, just this continuing loss, I, I, I submit to you that they have lost sight of what it is to win, and they've grown accustomed to losing. There's no reason for them to win. You ever felt like that before? You ever felt like you were in the middle of a losing season? You ever felt like there was something in your, a reason in your life, or you felt like, you know what, I just can't seem to win. I just can't seem to get a win in this area. You ever felt like you're losing at home, you're losing at your work, you're losing with your family, you're losing with your spouse, you're losing, I just can't seem to get a win, man. It's not just a, a loss, it's a losing season. Let me say it again. If you don't know how to win, or if you've lost sight of winning, get around people who know how to win. A lot of times the problem is, is we're not running with people who know how to win. Okay, I'm not talking about just people who think like winners. I'm talking about people that are, are, are where you want to be or they're perpetuating where you want to be in life. And a lot of times what happens is we have lost sight of what it is to win. Or we don't know how to win because we didn't learn it from our parents. And it wasn't because they're bad people. It's that their, their parents didn't teach them how to win. Their parents didn't teach them, so we, there's this perpetual loss that's going on, and there's this cycle, and we'll teach it to our kids if we don't break this cycle. So where do you want to be, and what do you want to accomplish, and what do you want to do, or what do you want God to do in your life? Get around people who know how to win. That's why I love church. It's not because we're filled with winners. It's because we're filled with people that are thinking, how do you win? And people are trying. That's why, that's why I like growth track. It's because it's the first steps to winning in life. That's why I like connect groups. It's, I don't know about you, but for my connect group, we're all winners. That was, that was a joke. We're not all winners, but we're all trying to win. We're hanging around people who want to win. And if we don't know how to win, we talk to each other about it. And if, and if we see somebody falling behind, say, hey, you can do better than that. That's why I love 
the church. That's why I like what, what comes from the church. September the 20th, let's go back to my Cleveland Brown store. September the 20th was Thursday night football. They were playing the New York Jets. Did anybody see that game but me? I was watching that game live. The Cleveland Browns were down 14 zip with about a minute and a half left in the second quarter, about to be halftime, when their starting quarterback went down and, and he went out of the game with an injury. And guess who they put in? Baker Mayfield. Baker, walk on OU football team, think he could start, start Baker Mayfield. Plant the flag in the middle of the Ohio State field. Heisman Trophy winner. Baker Mayfield, crazy guy. Baker Mayfield. Now, somebody needs to talk to Baker about the fact that the Cleveland Browns are a losing team. It's like nobody prepped him with a, hey, just so you'll know, we're all going to lose tonight. You know, he steps on the field completely expecting to win. He actually believes stepping on the field of the Cleveland Browns, he expects to win their first game in 16, in 16 games. He expects to win. It's a completely different mentality. I mean, you can just see this. I mean, you're watching this trans, 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 you're watching this whole change take place. Well, he steps on the field with a minute left, and they march down and they score. And we're like, wow, that was, that was pretty impressive. Second half of the game, they come out. It was like somebody in the locker room got a whole barrel of wind and poured it on the entire team because they came out, and I've never seen them play like that the few times I've seen them play because who, who wants to watch them? It was a completely different team. The running backs, the running backs were stretching out and getting first down, second effort. The linebackers were sacking the Jets quarterback. The defensive backs were causing fumbles. I have never seen in a year and a half, I've never seen this team play like this. Why? Same team got exposed to somebody with win mentality. It makes a difference. Same team, same talent. Talented guys lost their sight of winning. I'm telling you, it matters who you run with. If you, if you don't experience win in your life and you don't know how to win, find somebody that knows how to win and spend some time with people like that. Amen? Find people that serve God. Find people that love God. Lastly, if you're going to experience win, you got to define it. you got to think it. Number three, and lastly, you got to live it. I don't just want you to win in the month of January. I want you to have a winning season. I want you to have a lifestyle. In fact, I believe that that's what God has called us to do, to have a lifestyle of winning. It should be something that we do every single day. I believe sometimes the problem is that we settle, that we grow so accustomed to losing, or we, we grow so accustomed to not having God's best in our lives that we settle, and instead of thriving, we, we change to just surviving. God has called us to, to, to life. God has called us to be more than overcomers, not only in the next life, but in this life. God has called us to certain things that he wants us to do. And I don't know what win looks like in your life. I, I, I was talking to somebody before, before this second service, and sometimes winning, I mean, in the New Testament, winning was actually giving your life for Christ or for the gospel's sake. Winning is a lot of different things to the believer. I don't know what it looks like for you. Maybe, maybe for you, Winning is what you do at home. Maybe for you, winning is on your job. I don't know what it looks like, but it is supposed to be a lifestyle, not just something you do every now and then. 
1 Corinthians 9 and 24 says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So look at this. It says, so run to participate, right? Is that what it says? Run to get a consolation prize, right? Kind of like what they do, little league ball where everybody gets a trophy no matter who wins or who loses. Nobody keeps score. Remember that? Just, just run randomly. That's what it says. Just run randomly. That's not what it says. What does it say? Run to win. Winning matters. Winning matters for us. Why? Because there is so much at stake. And then he says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that really doesn't matter, he says. But we do it for eternal life. He says, what we are are running for matters more than anything. There is so much at stake. We need to run and we need to win. In fact, losing is not an option. We need to run to win because eternity is at stake. We need to run to win because our family is at stake. We need to run to win because our lifestyle, what God has called us to do, our calling is at stake. The late great football coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, said this because this was in response to somebody asking him how important winning was. He said, winning is a habit, unfortunately, so is losing. If winning doesn't matter, then why do we even keep score? Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And he was talking about football. We're talking about our life in Christ. We're talking about our families. We're talking about our welfare. We're talking about our eternity. There is so much at stake. Winning isn't just a priority. It is the priority. And I want winning to be a part of your every single day of life. Everyone, every, everyone runs, but not everybody runs to win. So I want to ask you a quick question. What are daily things that you can do to make winning a lifestyle? Let me, let, me just, let me just cut it back a little bit. What is one thing that you can do? What is one habit that you can put into your life this week that will make sure that you, that will guarantee you that 2019 will be the year that you win? Let me give you the example of a healthy lifestyle. Now, you've heard this before, but everybody knows that, that as far as a healthy lifestyle, as far as keeping weight off, dieting doesn't work. Would you agree with that? Dieting, just, because it, 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 it it breeds temporary, or it's a temporary thing. So what I'm going to do is for the month of January, I am going to, uh, I'm going to stop eating chili cheese fries with bacon on them just for the month of January, and then I'm going to start going to the gym. You know, I'm just going to hit it hard. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people hit the gym hard in January, knock off a few pounds, but it's not sustainable because a diet is a temporary fix. What's more effective is a healthy lifestyle that can be sustained. It's not easy, and it takes discipline, and it takes training, like the Apostle Paul said. But it's something that you you put in place that can be sustained over time. What is a habit that you can put in place over time? What can you do in this upcoming week at the beginning of the year that you can put into place? That's one of the things I'm talking about next week and for the month of January. I'm talking about first things, things that you can do, specific things that you can do that will guarantee your win. And if you can put those into place, it will support a lifestyle that leads to winning in Christ. I'm going to close with this. Are you winning in life? 
Are, let me ask you this. Is there an area in your life that you're not winning? And if you're not, and you feel like you're supposed to, you feel like you're doing everything, or you feel like you should be, but you're not, let me ask you a question. Why aren't you winning in that area? Why not? It's worth evaluating. Would you agree with that? It's, it's worth evaluating. I mean, if you feel like you should and you're not, that means you probably should be winning. But why aren't you? Did you give up? Did you lose sight of it? I don't know what it looks like anymore. I don't care. It doesn't matter if I win. You know what? I'm just going to settle. I'm just going to do the best that I can. I'm not even going to worry about it anymore. Listen, the very fact that you want that win, but... You, You've given up on it means that you should be. Why aren't you winning? Ask yourself that. I want to tell you this. Winning isn't about luck. It's not about fate. It's not about destiny. It's just a process. And I guess I'm simplifying it, but I can tell you, if you'll define it, if you'll think it, if you'll live it, you'll win it. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that's here. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. And, and thank you for this message that's gone forth. And I believe that you're talking to people right now. So do your perfect work in the life of every person that is here in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, I hope God's speaking to you right now. And if he is, I wonder what he's saying. Is he showing you different areas in your life? Is he showing you one area? Or maybe you can say, Travis, there's, there's so many things. Man, I just feel like I'm, I'm in a losing season. I want to tell you something. You're not supposed to stay there. You might experience that for a season, but you're not supposed to stay there. I can tell you this. It's up to you to change it. It's up to you to take a step. It's up to you to begin that difference. If that's something that you want to do, I want to pray with you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here that's experiencing loss or has experienced loss, and I pray for every person that can say, Lord, I, I just need a win in this area. I pray, Lord, that you will work that work in the life of every person that's here. I pray, Lord, that you'll make it personal right now. As you bring things up in our, in our mind, as we begin to pray about those things. Guys, if you will, just pray about it right now. Just spend some time with the Lord right now. Let him speak to you. Lord, as we name those things, whatever it is, whatever we ask, I pray, Lord, that you will meet those needs according to your will. We need a win, Lord, in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed as you continue to bow your heads. I want to pray one more prayer. And this is for you if you don't know Christ. If he's not Lord and Savior of your life for whatever reason. Maybe you can say, Travis, I've never given my life to Christ. Or you can say, Travis, I walked away from God at some point in my life and I feel like God is calling me back today. That's okay too. Whatever your story might be, you might be here today and be without the Lord, but you don't have to leave that way. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. I won't ask you to come down here. I won't single you out. I won't embarrass you in any way. Don't do that here. But I'd like to know if I'm praying for people. If you can say, Travis, when you pray, I want you to pray with me. Just put your hand up and put it down. I see your hand right there. You can put it down. 
Anybody else? Anybody else? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today. And if you'll pray, I'm going to pray it with you just to let me know you're serious. Just ask one more time, then we're going to move on. Can anybody say that? All right, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I don't know if I saw everybody, but I know we had at least one, so we're going to pray. And as we pray, let's all pray together. Say this prayer with us. Mean it with all your heart. Come home to the Lord today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I'm before you today, I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. Come into my life. Wash me clean and whole. And I ask you, Lord, to take my life and use it for your cause. For I give it to you today and forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate.